0: You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Think about your workday today. Think about your day last Monday. Think about your workday tomorrow. Are you in a groove or are you in a rut? Are you excited and eager or are you just getting through the day? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Internist and Chief of Occupational Health at California Pacific Medical Center in San Francisco, Dr. Linda Hawes-Clever. Dr. Clever is the founding president of Renew, a not-for-profit aimed at helping people maintain and regain enthusiasm, effectiveness, and purpose as they resolve the competing imperatives of work and of life. Welcome Linda. Thank you. Delighted to be here. It's great to have you. Can you help us figure
1: out if we're in a groove or if we're in a rut? It really is a very interesting challenge because the trouble is a groove which really feels great can turn into a rut. which doesn't feel so great and so just as as you suggested you know which is which as we've talked with with groups who've been involved in Renew and Renewing, it's it's very interesting to say what they say about being in a groove, which is you're kind of moving along and you feel as if you have a rhythm that there's a flow, perhaps, and the flow, even if there's an obstruction, well, you're able to get around it. If there were a rock in a stream, you would just flow right right around that. So you have the power is kind of going for you and things seem to, to fall into place. And in fact that there's quite an exhilaration to it. You know, there are all of the measures of satisfaction, whether workers are satisfied in the workplace or whether patients are satisfied about being in the hospital. In fact, maybe we should be going for a higher standard than satisfaction, although I can't imagine anybody who would really be joyful about being in a in a hospital unless they've just had a perfectly healthy and wonderful baby. But in life, satisfaction is kind of again, getting through the day. And there's nothing wrong with that because there's certainly some days that it is a real achievement just to get through those days. But at the end of a week or the end of a month, you'd really like to say, but I, I had some joy here. So let's say that being in the groove, you've got some joy going for you and you look forward, as you asked at the beginning, you look forward to coming to work and their sense of accomplishment. And you may even see that although you're very, very, very far away from the goal that you would like to achieve, but yet you made a step toward it. And that gives you a sense of accomplishment. So you kind of have the sense that we are moving forward here. That's kind of the groove feeling, I I would say. The rut is more as if you've grown accustomed to tolerating what may be quite intolerable. You may not Want to make the changes that are being asked of you, and maybe there are good reasons for not making the change. I'm not suggesting that change is always a good thing by any means, but you just may notice that you're uncomfortable with any kind of a change. Change may not be easy. I was I was talking with a, a psychologist not too long ago, and she said, you know, when you're in a groove, you ought to kind of up periscope every so often and look around because maybe it has become a rut mm-hmm. that you're just kind of going along. But instead of having some sense of excitement about it, you're just going along.
0: I would think, too, maybe how you feel at the end of the day would be a good test. That to me, when you're in a groove, it's, gosh, today went by so quickly. Oh, darn. I wish there was more as opposed to in a, in a rut where you you feel like you just survived the end of the day and you can barely make it out the door because you're so run over.
1: I agree. Absolutely. And you know, there's kind of an in-between zone. And this is, I think, very, I almost hate to say that, but this is where you're feeling comfortable. And the thing is, it's so hard to get to a place that you feel comfortable because you've been struggling and scrabbling and, you know, running along and, and oh my goodness. And finally, you get to a place where you feel comfortable. But comfortable is probably closer to a rut than it is to a groove. One of the things that Bill Walsh, the great football coach used to say, get out of the comfort zone. So there is this kind of negotiating where where we are, where we want to feel this exhilaration, but that can start to feel doing the same thing over and over and over again. Once you get good at it, that can get to feel kind of comfortable, but that can get to feel kind of like you're in a rut. And so Being aware of, again, I think how you feel at the end of the day, how do you feel about Monday is a very good test.
0: Now, how do physicians compare with other high-stress, very busy occupations when it comes to this?
1: It's interesting. When you read the business literature, which I think is always instructive and often entertaining thing to do, there are categories of jobs that are called extreme jobs they tend to be more than 40 hours a week. They may be 60 hours a week. They may be 80 hours a week. Is this sounding familiar? They may be 100 hours a week. This sounds very familiar. So we would say that physicians are in the category of having extreme jobs. One main difference, I think, between the extreme jobs that may be in the business world, which can include certainly the law, architects, certainly major and minor corporations, and even people who are starting their own business where they're just you know working sixty, eighty, a hundred hours a week or, or more. One of the things that the people in that category talk about a lot is the adrenaline rush. One is the adrenaline rush, and we certainly have the adrenaline rush, whether it's in surgery or the in the ICU or O B G Y N or an internist has an adrenaline rush when you've made the right diagnosis. So we get that just real thrill. The adrenaline rush of the extreme jobs in, in more in the business world, however, is often accompanied by a sense of social stature, very high status in the community with always big house, always big car, always big country club memberships, whatever it might be. Whereas in medicine, although there may be some of that, and there certainly is among some of us, no question, an enormous amount of personal joy, if not, again, satisfaction and and joy, comes from our values of helping other people or making the right diagnosis or saving a life or having a great counseling session with someone who's troubled, et cetera, et cetera. So in a way, the rush is quite different in the business world and the kind of values-driven joys are are different in the the medical world. But the number of hours are about the same. I think the one thing that is also different is that many people in business are measured by the number number of people who report to them. That's often not our case, although it certainly can if one is ahead of a administrative structure or an ICU and so forth and so on. If you've just
0: joined us, you're listening to Reach MD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Linda Haas-Clever. We are discussing whether work grinds us down or lifts us up and what to do about the grind. Now, Linda, you've talked about juggling tricks for physicians. What do you mean by that?
1: Well, this goes into one of the areas, actually, if we think about uh, groove versus comfort zone versus rut, it takes a little bit of reflection to think about juggling, because I think all of us do juggle a great deal. And it's our professional lives, it's our personal lives, it's our schedules, it's what, how we take care of ourselves, how do we do, be a good voter and all that. There. Are some discussions about how do jugglers juggle. And one of the most important things is that Phil later has talked about this at, at Renaissance Weekends is that all of us are jugglers, and we need to know which balls are rubber and which balls are glass, which balls will bounce if we drop them, and which balls will shatter. This gets into basically relationships and, and responsibilities. We all know that there are some things that we do that we really don't have to do, but we might like to do. And there's some things that we must do and nobody else can do. And so as we're juggling, the question is, which of those balls will bounce if we drop them? Which of those balls will shatter? Which relationships, again, use the word relationships, which relationships will shatter if we don't pay attention to them? The other thing about juggling is, as as we are busy people, the question is, should I take up another ball? Should I lift that one more ball? And I've thought that there's some balls that are made out of kind of cement and razor blades, and they really shouldn't be picked up. Nobody has picked them up yet. You don't have to pick it up. So if you're asked to, to chair the committee on the merger or whatever, you just may not be ready to pick that one up. Well, one of the things that we really do need to know at, at some point or at other is how do we say no? and that is a science and art in itself. But this idea of giving ourselves some time to reflect on what are we doing? What are we juggling? Which balls can we gently lay aside and say, you know, I've done that for a while. I don't need to do that anymore. And here's somebody who can probably even do a better job versus which balls are we the only ones who can keep that in the air? And I remember not too long ago, a a pediatrician came to me uh, who speaks Hmong, and there are not very many who speak Hmong, and felt very uncomfortable about leaving practice, even for a moment, because a patient could call, and he was the only one who could answer. But then his father got carcinoma of the pancreas, and we know that that, for many people, is a very time-limited situation. And so the choice was, which ball do I lay aside? And as, as we talked, he was the only one who was really available to be with his father. And I said, well, what do you think the other, what the, had the patients who spoke Hmong, what did they do before they got you? And he said, well, I guess they went somewhere else. And I said, I guess they did. And maybe they can find somebody else too. It may not be so perfect, but you're the only one who can take care of your father in this time. So it's, One of those, which is glass and which is rubber.
0: So what tips do you have for us, Dr. Clever, to help
1: us get through these tough days? Well, people have all kinds of wonderful ideas about that. One is we all have been through tough days, and we've been through tough weeks and even tough years. And so knowing that we've done it before, I think, is very reassuring. The other thing, and I don't want to sound simplistic, is that even in the worst of times, something good is happening. We're learning something, or someone has reached out unexpectedly and offered us a kindness. The other thing is that I think we tend not to do is is to take a break. It may mean take a breath or it may mean take a nap. It may mean take a sabbatical. But again, all the literature shows that that people who do this judiciously come back refreshed and renewed and able to address new challenges with new ideas. Because if you just keep kind of grinding away and grinding away, there's no room for something new to come in in terms of ideas or light. It's kind of fun when I talk with medical students about this. What do you do after a a tough day? Uh, It's pretty common for them to say, well, I call home. I just call home. And sometimes you can just stretch. We don't have to stay in a pretzel shape over the computer or over the charts or whatever. Just a stretch nobody even i mean nobody might even catch us doing it but part of it is that we're we're taking charge of our own lives that is something that we can control and when we say well i i matter i count i'm going to stretch i'm going to walk around the block i'm going to get one molecule of fresh oxygen that also makes us feel more capable and more able to to get through that tough day
0: I want to thank our guest today, Dr. Linda Haas-Clever. We have been discussing how to renew and refresh even on tough days. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com.
1: Thank you for listening.